Turn to Matthew chapter number 11 this morning. I said something about this this morning, and I'm just going to keep on going on it. Matthew chapter 11 this morning. And I, I, I believe in this scripture. I believe in the whole Bible. And I believe when, when there's something given to us that we ought to take heed to it. We ought to listen to it. and We ought to put, uh, put it in our hearts and put it in our lives and live by it. Uh, because God just didn't put this in here for us just to enjoy ourselves. But every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, we are to live by and digest in our hearts. And I believe that. So uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, when you find it, let us stand for the reading of God's word for God's people this morning. I believe that uh, this scripture here, uh, 28, 29, 23, you ought to put it to memory. You ought to uh, digest it and, and look at it and, and let God show you some things about this and, uh, and help you in your life. And I believe if you put it to memory, there are times in your life that you'll be able to bring this back up and say, hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you for it. Verse number 28 says, Come unto me. This is the commandment from Jesus Christ. Come unto me. All ye that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest into your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, Lord. Thank you for all your mercy and grace and love. We thank you, Lord, for this privilege and opportunity to stand again in the pulpit, sacred, sacred place, Lord. We thank you for what you've done. Empty myself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. There, there is not an individual here in this building this morning that will turn down an offer of rest. If you knew that you were, uh, you could get it, you would not turn it down. Doctors can give you uh, rest. They can't give you rest, but they can give you a prescription, and they can give you solutions, but they cannot give you rest this morning. A psychiatrist can uh, tell you things to do and remedies to do and trying to help you, but the fact of it is they cannot give you rest this morning. Can I say rest only comes from one individually? One individual. Especially this kind of rest uh, that we're reading about, the rest of the soul, comes from one who made the soul. And who made the body. And that is God this morning. We find that God in this flesh is offering one of the greatest offers here in Matthew chapter number 11. I like to speak to your heart this morning on this subject. One of the greatest invitations ever given. The greatest invitation was not given by some well-known preacher, uh, uh, Billy Graham, all these uh, uh, crusades he's done, or some other preacher we hold in high esteem. That's not the greatest invitation ever given. The greatest invitation was given by Jesus Christ himself. We find it here in the text. Jesus is offering something the world cannot give this morning. He said, come unto me. 
is not saying come and join the church. You cannot join a church and you can go join a church and still go to hell. He's not saying come and get baptized. You can be baptized from here to California and every creek and every pool to every tadpole knows your name and social security number and still go to hell. He's not saying come and do this work or come and do that work and you'll find rest. No, he's saying come unto me. Come unto me. You say, preacher, it can't be that simple. It's that simple this morning. Come unto me. I have found a ruin and wrecked lives uh, can find purpose, can find redemption, can find restoration, and can, can find reviving if they will just come to Jesus Christ this morning. I find a, re- a lot of reason why a lot of people never find rest for their soul. The reason why that a lot of people never find re- uh, restoration for their life. And the reason they never find a, a redemption in their life is because they run to the wrong places looking for the wrong thing with the wrong people this morning. And I'm not trying to be narrow-minded this morning. I'm just trying to be biblical. This morning, the fact this morning is you can't find rest for your soul by yoking up with Muhammad, but you can't find rest for your soul by yoking up with Buddha. You can't find rest for your soul by yoking up with the Pope. You can't even find rest for your soul by even yoking up with the preacher this morning. But I'm telling you, just like a man as a man as you are. I found rest for my soul one day. There was a day that I met this rest giver. And I'm telling you, it wasn't just in the preaching what he was preaching. It was Jesus Christ touching my heart and pulling me out of the pits of hell. I'm sure glad uh, Jesus got a hold of me before religion got a hold of me. Amen. Religion will mess you up in a heartbeat. I'm sure glad Jesus got a hold of me and not the preacher got a hold of me. Because what the preacher and religion cannot do for me, Jesus did for me this morning. The apostle Paul said, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. If you come this morning... Uh, to hear a whole lot about me and what I've been through and what I've done, you're going to be sadly mistaken. You're going to hear, leave here very disappointed. But if you come this morning and Jesus is in your heartbeat of your soul, if you come looking for a piece of bread, I know who gives the bread. You come, you're thirsting for your soul. I know who can give you a drink of the water. If you come and hurt, I know who's the healer of the soul. If you come this morning needing something from somebody other than me, I can tell you, is Jesus Christ this morning. He says he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Thank God for that. You come this morning looking for a sinner to save you of your sins. I can tell you who he is this morning. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the sinner Savior. 
He is the discourager, the depressed friends. And thank God I know him this morning. He is my friend. Thank God for the day I met Jesus Christ. I don't want to hear that day that you got a hold of religion. I want to hear about the day that you met Jesus Christ this morning. Jesus here is giving one of the greatest invitations given by anyone. He's saying, come unto me, all you the heavy laden, and those that labor, and I will give you rest. I want to look at this entire chapter this morning and give you some things about it. There are several steps that led, uh, and scenes that led up to this three verses here, and I want to give them to you this morning. Uh, first of all, we see in the uh, chapter 11, verse 2 and 3, we see the, the scene of the discouraged saint. Now, when John had heard the, in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that we should come, or do we look for another? This is what Jesus is saying. It's not what I'm saying. Of those born of a woman, there's no greater prophet than John the Baptist. I, I didn't say that about John. Jesus said that, that about John. John. Jesus said that he was the greatest prophet to ever live. I, I, I would say that this was a great Christian. I would say that he was a great disciple. I would say he was a great follower of Jesus Christ. He was a cousin of Jesus Christ. He's the one in the Bible that said he was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. The Bible said that he was in one that stood on the banks of Jordan and boldly proclaimed, There is the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. You know who John the Baptist is. He is the one that said, Whose shoes I'm not even worthy to latch, and I'm not worthy to unloosen his shoes. He knows who Jesus is. He's preached about him. He's talked about him. He baptized him. He identifies Jesus as a son of God. Please don't miss this. Just because he's a great Christian doesn't mean you cannot become a discouraged Christian this morning. Here we find John has been locked up for almost a year. John has not been around his congregation he has not been around the Lord Jesus Christ. He's been locked up for preaching the word of God. And now he is a man that is discouraged. Can I say, if you are a discouraged Christian this morning, don't let the devil beat you over the head and say you're, not, uh, you're a worthless Christian. If you're a discouraged Christian this morning, don't let the brethren or the sister uh, beat you over the head and say you're a good-for-nothing Christian this morning. If you're the discouraged Christian this morning, you're a normal Christian. And I don't know about you. I don't know how many of y'all have been discouraged, but I've been discouraged. I, I've been down in the pits. But if you've been discouraged, you're a normal Christian. In fact, there's times in our life we're just like John the Baptist we run into the areas of doubt, depression, and discouragement. 
our faith is shaken. Here John knew who Jesus was. There's no doubt about it. He knew who Jesus was. But here John is sending the message out, are you really him? Are you, are you really the Christ? And he knew who he was. John's on shaky ground. I'm glad to report to you this morning, Jesus did not send a message back and saying, hey, you sorry, you know for good and thing, uh, uh, why are you down? I'm just going to kick you while you're down. No, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, go and tell John, the blind receive the sight, the lame is walking, the leopards are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have heard the gospel preached. Don't go kick John while he's down. You tell him exactly what he needs. He's giving him words of encouragement even when he's being discouraged. And that's what I'd like to do today is just give you some words of encouragement no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. A lot of us are facing different things in our life and we need that word of an encouragement this morning. So we find a discouraged saint this morning. But also we find the doomed sinners. Look at verse number 22. 20. Go back to 20. Uh, I don't know if I can read that like that. Look at verse number 20. Then he began upbraiding the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done. Because they repented not, woe unto them. Shoran, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for as a mighty work has been done in you. You've been done in Tyre, Sodom, and they would have repented long ago in a sackcloth of ash. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the Tyre and Sodom of the day of judgment than you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto the heavens, shall be brought down to hell. For the mighty works which have been done in thee and been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you, that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. At the time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O God, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou had hid these things from the wise and prudent had revealed them to the babes. The doomed sinner. There was a crowd of whom Jesus preached in the towns and did mighty works in their towns and their vision and their eyesight, the Bible said, and yet they did not repent on his preaching. They did not repent on his mighty works. According to verse number 25, these people thought they were smarter than God. They thought they were smarter than God. God had hid these things from the wise and prudent. The reason why they were doomed is because they were unrepented and they thought they were smarter than God. That's what we're living in in the world today. There are people today who think they're smarter than God. They think they're better than God. They know more than God. But let me say something to your heart this morning. The only reason why people go to hell is for the same reason, right? They have refused to repent and receive Jesus Christ. And they think they're smarter than God today. Amen. That God has extended mercy and God has extended salvation to each and every one of this morning. 
If you're hearing this morning in your mind, and there are people we all have been around with, a lot of us can stand and testify and say, I've been there at that place. I've been there. I was one of the mockers, and I was one that thought I was smarter than God. I was a skeptic one. I sat back and watched and said, hey, this is nothing but just a show. How in the world could this be real? That cannot be real. Somebody stand and shout and sing and praise God like that cannot be real. You know, we believe in science. We believe that billions and billions of years ago, men came out of a boom, crawled out of the out of the pond and as a tadpole. That's the way we believe. You know what? There are too many people today to think they're smarter than God. The devil has sent a lot of people to hell for the Christless of eternity with the idea that they are smarter than God. I mean, we got scientists today tell you they date stuff back to billions and billions and billions of years ago. But you know, we, we've got people telling people billions and billions of years ago that they find that. But there's evidence that Christ has said what he said. The, the world thinks they're smarter than God. I, I may not know everything. I may not be able to explain everything. But I thank God for an old rugged cross. I thank God for that hill. I thank God for him dying for my sins. I was doomed sinner at one time. I see the discouraged saint, and I can see the doomed sinners today. But in verse 28 and 30, I love that. Do I, only we assume the doomed uh, sinners and the discouraged saints. Now we see in the delivering Savior in verse number 28 and 30. I'm glad for every discouraged saint, for every doomed sinner, there is a delivering Savior this morning. After we find that man that's been discouraged, after we find the people that are doomed, we find Jesus steps up and gives this great invitation to all, to all. The saved, the lost, the discouraged, the doomed. He said, I will tell you what all of you need out there. He's talking, looking at all. I'm telling you what you all need this morning. Come unto me. Come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Not, not the world, but I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're here this morning and you're a discouraged saint, come unto Him. If you're here this morning and you're a doomed sinner, lost without God, come unto Him. He said, Preacher, can you give me something deeper than that? If it's deeper than that, then we all would drown this morning. Bring all your baggage, He's saying. Bring all your worries. Bring all your troubles. Bring all your sins. You can't clean yourself up enough to come to Jesus. Bring them to Him. You can't get right enough to come to Jesus. Just come to Him. You can't get your mind right and cleaned up to come to Him. Just come to Him. Bring your baggage. You got issues. You got failures. You got problems. Bring them to Him. Come unto me. You got failures, bring them to Him. 
Just throw them on Him. Don't, you can't clean yourself up enough. You can't do anything about it. Peter said, cast all your cares upon Him, for He careth for you. Jesus said, come unto me, come unto me. Taking those three verses, let me give you three things real quick about this invitation. This invitation. Notice the call of this invitation. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Notice that this call is an all-inclusive call. I've heard some people say, God doesn't call everybody. And there are some that don't, He doesn't want. That's not true. That's not true. I'm glad that Jesus said He wants everybody. Watch this inclusive call. Come unto me, and I'll get you right there. I, I get in right there. That's where I get in right there. Come unto me. That's where I got in right there. I, I'm glad this morning that I'm, I'm in the all. There's no race. There's no creed. There's no sinner left out of this. He's just saying this morning, come unto me. Bible said, whosoever will, let him come. Boy, that's, that's an inclusive call. That means everybody. You, if you're, you're saved, you're in the call this morning. If you're lost, you can still get into the call this morning. I'm sure glad Jesus doesn't leave people out just because they're uh, who they are. I, I'm glad people, Jesus doesn't leave them out because their society position, and who they're hanging out with, who their friends are. I'm glad Jesus said no matter what you've done, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're going, I, I'm calling you this morning. Come unto me. The good news is that you want to come to Jesus, you can come to Jesus. The good news this morning. He's taking everybody. He's not rejecting anybody this morning. I don't care who you are or what you've done. You can say, I am a great sinner. Good news, he's a great Savior. <laughs> you say, I've been a sorry Christian. I've let him down. Let me just say he has mercy and he has grace to forgive all that you've done. He can get you back on the right track. All you have to do is come unto him this morning. Come unto me, all you the heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let me just say this. At this time when Jesus gave this commandment, this invitation is just as fresh today as it was that day. It's still the same thing, come unto me today, as it was when Jesus gave this invitation. We see that this call is all-inclusive, but also this call is exclusive. Wait a minute, preacher. You're messing my mind up. You said it's all-inclusive. Now you're saying exclusive. Look at the first three words. What is in, in exclusive about this call is not who will take it. But what's exclusive about this call is where you got to get it from. Jesus said, come unto me. I, I'm not smart, but I figured this out. If I want what he's offering, if I need what he's offering, <laughs> I talked about this in Sunday school this morning. Get up and have a little shout now. 
if Jesus is saying, hey, I'm giving you something that you need. I'm telling you there's something that you've got to have. And he says, come unto me. That doesn't mean i got to stand right where I'm at and receive it. He said, no, I've got to move to where he's at to receive what he's trying to give me. Amen? We've got a problem with churches today. They say, hey, come unto me. They come to the church, and the church is saying, hey, you're right with God, but you ain't got to get rid of the stuff that you're doing. You ain't got to get rid of that bottle. You can still be a drunk and still be included. You can still do drugs and still be included. You can still be a homosexual and still be included. No, you can't. Because you got to move from where you were and go to where Christ is at. That means something has to change. Somebody's got to move. Somebody's got to, and Christ ain't moving. He's not changing. It's exclusive. You can only get it one place. You can't go down to Walmart and buy it. You can't, go, you can't run to these modern-day evangelistical churches and get it because he's not there. Come unto me. Come unto me. Here's a decision for mankind that's been left with when the call was given. What do I leave and where do I go to get this? I've got to leave what I'm doing here and go to receive Christ over here. The things I'm holding over here, I've got to let loose. I've got to get them up. There are too many Christians today still holding on to things they love of the world. And they try to run to Christ. Jesus said, come to me. You've got to let go. Because anytime you got something holding you, you're not fully let go. You gotta let it go. There's too many people believing today that they uh, can come to Jesus without relocating. Without relocating. No. I, I, I read some statistics today, the other day, and it shocked me. The statistics that over there I read says 70% of Christian people, Christian people, believe that Jesus is not the only way to heaven. 70% that said, hey, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. No man cometh to the Father except by me. They believe there's other ways to heaven. So what that tells me, there's only 30% of the Christians today going to make it to heaven. We've got problems in churches. We've got problems with the preachers preaching stuff that, hey, it don't matter who you are, what you're doing, where you're going, you still can get in heaven. No, you can't. No, you can't. 70% of the Christians believe there's another way to get to heaven. There's got to be a relocation in your life. Lazarus, dead four days in the grave. Jesus said, come. He had to relocate. He had to get up. That tells me, you be here this morning, you dead in your sins and, and trespasses. Jesus said, come. He can change your life. But you got to relocate. Amen. You can't sit where you're at and receive Christ and think I got Boba. There's got to be a relocation in your life when he said, come. 
There's a companion in this invitation. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. There is a companionship here. I want you to understand something. Jesus doesn't just saves you and leaves you, but he saves you and stays with you. He, he never leaves you. He's always by your side. He said, I will never leave you nor will I forsake you. He said, my yoke, take my yoke. And that carries the idea of this mastership. That means uh, uh, you're yoked up like you do with the animals back then. They put this yoke on them and they can turn them, they can guide them, they can direct one. And it gives you this idea of mastership when you're yoked up with Jesus Christ. Uh, but let me just say, it's that double yoke that we're talking about. Not only is Jesus yoked up with you, but you're yoked up with Him. Now you're following Him. He's guiding you. He's directing your life. And you're just saying, hey, you're the Lord and Master of my soul. The problem with people today, they, they want the, the rest, but they don't want the mastership of Christ in their life. You can have one or the other. You can't, have, can't do with it. They want the rest. You've got to have both in order God to give you that rest. I want Jesus to give me the rest and save my soul. But I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Is what they're saying today. He, he's not that kind of companion this morning. I want to yoke up with Christ this morning. We find the comfort of this invitation. For my yoke is easy, and my burden's light. He's a preacher. I, I, I'm a Christian. I have to be honest with you. My burdens ain't easy. I could say that myself. My burdens don't feel light either this morning. That's because you're looking at it the wrong way. You're looking at it the wrong way. He said in verse 29, you shall find rest for your soul. There are some times that we are not guaranteed a bed of roses in this walk of Christian life. We're not guaranteed that we're going to not have troubles in our flesh in the world. We're promised that we'll give us joy when everything is spinning out of control around us. But he says, I will give you peace when everything in this world around you goes crazy, I will give you peace. Mark it down. Mark this down. There is absolutely no comfort outside of Jesus Christ. There's no comfort. You can go through this world doing all the things you want to do, but you'll never find comfort. It might please the flesh, but it ain't pleasing the soul. Because the soul is looking for something different than what the world can give you. It's looking for what only God can give you. There's no rest spiritually outside of Jesus Christ this morning. Paul said, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. Paul could not have said that with all what Paul went through. He, he, he was in prison, he was locked up, and he's beaten, he was shipwrecked. Paul said, uh, if those who are in trouble, rest with us. How could Paul rest? Because his soul was where it should be with Christ. 
Are you troubled this morning? Are you facing circumstances that you don't know? It seems like your life is being spent out of control. You're coming out from one side to the other side and you just don't understand, can't figure out how I'm going to get by this, how I'm going to get through that. Jesus has the answer. Come unto me. Come. Come unto me. And let me remind you again, that invitation when Christ gave it over 2,000 years ago is still as fresh today. Come unto me. Come unto me. I, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing in life. I know what I'm facing. I know what I'm doing. I'm coming to Jesus. I want the rest for my soul in this world that I'm going through. I, I want Christ to take care of me. I, I'm, you're going to have pain. You're going to have sorrows. But my soul is at rest. As that song said, it, it is well with my soul.